0: Have you ever dreamed of walking away from the daily grind and never looking back? The reality is that most people don't feel a real connection to their jobs. One of the latest Gallup polls stated that 70% of employees are disengaged at work or not engaged at all. They are just there. And in this episode, I get to share with you an interview that I was a part of as the interviewee On how to go from an employee to an entrepreneur. This should be a great episode to let you in on what my process was in transitioning from employee to entrepreneur. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Braden. Thank you for joining me again this week. Yes, it's been a couple of weeks since I've had an episode. And, you know, COVID-19 has thrown many of us off. And so those of you who will be listening to this after our COVID-19 experience know that this podcast is marking that experience during this season of April 2020. However, I am excited to be sharing with you an interview that I did not as the host, but as a guest on another. Individuals Podcast, or Facebook Live, it was, where we had a discussion all around going from employee to entrepreneur. And many of you who have been following me know that I, for many years, was a corporate or a healthcare manager, administrator, executive in the Nashville area. And after being laid off in 2014, I went through that whole process of taking the leap Into entrepreneurship, and it has been an exciting experience as well as a challenging experience at the same time. And so I was so grateful that Colin asked me to be a part of his Employee to Entrepreneur Facebook Live series so that I could share my story. And I know many of you have heard my story before in different episodes. But this was a different platform and a different opportunity for me to be able to share my story and my journey. And so this week's episode, Is That particular interview, and I look forward to sharing that with you. But before we jump into that interview, I want to make sure that you are a part of my Facebook group, Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Brayton, because we are going to be ramping things up in the group, teaching different uh, opportunities and tutorials on how do you really leverage your personal brand for business, I like to say helping you to maximize your personal brand so that you can create a location free online based business all around your passions, your abilities, and your expertise. And so if you have not joined my Facebook group, Maximize Your Brand with Keith Brayton, all you have to do is text brand me, all one word, brand me to 77222. That's brand me to 77222. And you'll receive a text message back with a link to add your name and email, and then you'll be sent to where you can request to join the group. You want to be a part of the group because that's where I'm going to be doing a lot of my upcoming trainings around personal branding, around how do you really build an online-based business, how do you create income around your expertise and your skill set that you so innately have within you. And so I'm excited that this is going to be something that I'm working towards and really building. So make sure that you are on the email list and a part of the group. Well, without further delay, we're going to go right into the interview. I hope you enjoy it and that you're able to really glean some great information and great steps if you are in the process or have been highly considering taking the leap and transitioning from your nine to five.
1: Hey, 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 we are back again. Day two of the From Employee to Entrepreneur Success series. I'm Colin Year with your host. Super stoked today to have Mark Heath Braden on with us. And he'll be sharing his journey of going from employee to entrepreneur, some of the things and processes he put in place to um, help him make it possible for him and uh, to grow the kind of business that he deserved, desire to have. And deserve to, of course, mm-hmm. deserve to. <laughs> <laughs> Marky, tell us a little bit about you and where you are in your employed entrepreneurship journey right now.
0: Well, Colin, what's up, man? I'm so excited to uh, be joining you today. I appreciate the opportunity just to, you know, share my my entrepreneurial journey. But I am Markeith Brayton, AKA I like to call myself the Brand Maximizer, where I work with corporate executives to teach them how to maximize their personal brand online, so they can create a online based business that gives them the freedom that they desire and helps them to live the life that they crave. And I have been on this journey for two years now, two full years of entrepreneurial swimming, treading water, and doing all these great things. And uh, it's been an exciting journey.
1: Nice. So let's jump right in, man. Right off the bat, what is one of the, um, what's one thing you wish you knew sooner about entrepreneurship that would have helped you along your way? I know it's only been two years.
0: Right. Well, you know what? I, I tell you what. When you asked me that question and, and sent it to me as well, the one thing that I wish I had known sooner was that I was able to do it. Being able to do it, knowing that I was enough, I had the capabilities, I had the skills, I had the talent, and I had the intelligence to be able to do it. Entrepreneurship is not an easy thing by any measure. However, You know, sometimes it can be intimidating after being a professional working in the corporate environment for a decade prior to me really launching into uh, starting the business. And so I think that had I had somebody in place or had somebody in my path that let me know that, Marquise, you could do this on your own. You could speak and train and consult uh, and help other people to achieve uh, their ultimate potential and things that they want to in life. If I had somebody there to encourage that, I wish I had had it early. But I don't believe in regrets. I believe that timing is always right when it's supposed to happen.
1: Man, that's that's good, and I think that's a big obstacle for most people. Have you found that um, that belief that it's possible that you can do it? Have you found that to be an obstacle for most of the clients that you work with?
0: Yeah, it is, and I think that it's a natural obstacle because we are not necessarily raised or many of us are not raised to be entrepreneurs or to own your own business, especially when I was coming up in the uh, mid to late 90s, early 2000s, going to college and graduating uh, college and going to graduate school in the early 2000s. What was taught to me was you, you get great education, you know, get a master's degree, maybe get a PhD, land that great paying job, and then You know, have great benefits and live the quote unquote American dream. And I did all of those things that I was taught, that I was informed to do, only to realize that the American dream in and of itself was not enough for me, especially when the American dream, based on what people were telling me, was not in alignment with the purpose, the calling and the gifts that were within me. And so that's why I even built my own business to really help individuals to align themselves with what they're called to do so that they can learn how to build a niche-based business online that creates the freedom that they want while they're doing the things that they're passionate about. I firmly believe that you can identify your purpose and build a business around that thing that you are called to do. It's only a matter of you finding the, the marketplace, identifying what it is that you already innately have that people need, and then putting a business model behind it.
1: Man, so for you, when did that journey start for you? I know it started when you were still working in corporate, and I think you were in healthcare, correct?
0: Right, right. So right. I was working in in healthcare, and the journey really began for me, I would say, around about 2010. Around about 2010, I had already been on my fourth professional job. I had been in and out of education. So I graduated from graduate school in 2004. Between 2004 and 2010, I believe I had maybe five jobs. So I had not been on any particular job longer than two or three years. And I had gotten to a point where there has to be a reason behind why that was. There has to be a reason why I seemed to be unsettled, seemed to be slightly uh, frustrated, seemed to be unfulfilled. And what I realized was that I was really just doing things that I was taught to do to make money, but not necessarily doing things that would create greater impact and also be fulfilling at the same time. And so around about 2010, I was going into my last uh, position corporately as a corporate compliance officer for a major health center here in the city. And I started to wrestle. I started to really unearth some things about what was it that I truly was gifted at and what were the things that people called on me uh, for many years to do. And so for many years prior to, you know, really wanting to launch a business, I was already being paid to speak at various events. And and really marketing myself as a speaker, inspirational, motivational speaker for high schools and colleges, and was getting booked to speak and had always had that desire that I wanted to be a professional speaker, standing on major stages, helping others to maximize their potential and realize their best life, to unearth their purpose, and to, you know, really move into the things that they were really passionate about. And so I really started that process in 2020 by hiring me a coach while I had the income to be able to learn from somebody who was already doing what I wanted to do on the level that I wanted to do it on. And so I took my salary, out uh, parts of my salary, and started investing in myself around about 2010 to really start to make the business a reality.
1: Man, um, that's one thing I think a lot of people miss out on, right? Investing in themselves when they have the salary. But let's go back a little bit, Prior to that, you started branding yourself and doing some of the things you always wanted to do, like speaking. How, talk about how did you go about doing that while juggling your full-time job and the other responsibilities you had? I mean, that's
0: a great, great question, and I think it's a, something that all of us can do, and that is identify individuals, one, two, maybe three individuals who are doing what it is that you know you want to do on the level that you want to do it on. And so I keep saying that because you can find a lot of people doing what you want to do, but are they doing it to the degree to the success level that you want to do it on? And so I identify individuals in the marketplace who are doing the uh, the thing that I wanted to do. People like Michael Hyatt, people like Les Brown, uh, one of my mentors, people like Derek Young, are, are individuals that I followed that I was really akin to or I aligned with people like Bishop T.D. Jakes. I've always loved the power of the spoken word. I've always loved the power of what words can do to help shift other people's lives. I'll never forget around that time I was listening to a lot of a uh, Dr. the late Dr. Miles Monroe. And there's one quote that has rested and with me and resided with me for many years, even built the foundation of my business on it. And that's this quote. Dr. Miles Rose says that the greatest tragedy in life is life without purpose, life that simply has no direction. Moreover, life's greatest failure is to be successful at the wrong assignment. And what I realized was that that quote was speaking to me, that I was successful in the world's identification of success. I had a great job. I was making great money. I had great benefits. I was able to buy a home in my early, in my late 20s. I was driving a nice vehicle. I had a nice checking account and was able to have a savings account and start building my mutual fund. But the thing was, was that I was doing it successfully, but at the wrong thing. And that's what really started to really help me Along my journey in really identifying what am I innately good at? And how can I leverage what I'm innately good at to create a business around it? So
1: there's a couple of things there. So the process, you, you identify what you're good at because you yeah. already knew what you didn't want to do. Right. Right. Then you fund people who are doing it to a higher level or to the level that you would like to do it at. Right. Um, At that time, were you able to afford them as personal mentors or did you just dive into their content and model yourself after how they were showing up? Right. So I did
0: both, actually. So I started with whatever free content was available. And then I enrolled in Michael Hyatt's Platform University program, which was at the time was $30 a month. And to this day, I'm still in Platform University because he still produces great content that will help me for uh, my business and then i ultimately ended up hiring me a coach uh, someone who i knew or was referred to me that i was willing to invest 400 a month in getting that coaching and so i put my money where my mouth was i put my money into myself because what i knew was that if i was going to make the transition that free content wasn't going to be enough that I needed to invest in myself on the level that I wanted to get to in order to find myself to be able to do what I'm doing today. And that's be full-time
1: in business for the last two years. Nice. So, man, I'd like to be laying this out in, in a doable step-by-step process, right? Yeah. You've made the investment in, in yourself. You identify who you want to learn from. You've made the investment in yourself. Now, Did your business start out the way you envisioned? Did you just automatically got into the kind of success that you wanted? Talk about the first couple of years after you've gotten started, but before you went full-time. What was that journey like?
0: So it was a natural uh, progress, you know, a process to it all. So after uh, getting the coaching, I had the confidence to start to at least getting a few clients in my coaching business. Uh, prior to being laid off, which is a whole another part of the journey, but what I decided to do was, as I was building the business, my coach helped me with the business plan, helped me with identifying target market, helped me with identifying what I was going to offer as a coach, and notice that I keep uh, mentioning this whole idea of coaching. So started out with the whole speaking not realizing that there was a whole coaching component piece t- that could be an extension to the speaking. And so it didn't necessarily morph into what I wanted it, because all I really wanted it was to be a a, a professional speaker who, who traveled the country, traveled the world, you know, doing a great motivational, inspirational speeches on stages, right? I never thought about this whole idea of coaching programs as an extension or, back of the room sales, quote unquote, that this coach was teaching me. And so I really started the business with uh, two, I think it was maybe three clients who ended up ultimately enrolling and hiring me to coach them.
1: Nice. So (laughs) you started that process um, from when you got started to, I know you're a big push or catalyst to going uh, full-time self-employed. Was your layoff? How long between that? um, That how long was between that journey?
0: So the process started really in 2010, but I didn't get laid off until 2014. So that whole four-year process was me learning, building, and you know, kind of identifying. Okay, what what's my primary keynote? What's my primary topic? Right, and so. Around about 2013 was when I really hired the coach, not knowing that I was going to get laid off in 2014. And so things really were falling in place for, for the most part, where I was taking the additional money that I had, because not only was I working a full-time job, but I also was teaching for the University of Phoenix. So I had full-time job, part-time adjunct teaching position and trying to build a business. So I was really active in and pursuing what it was that I wanted to do and and where I needed to have additional finances to help me do that, I was willing to do it. So it was over a course of a four-year period prior to me uh, being laid off and still not necessarily going full-time for another four years. So it was really more of an eight-year process of me really honing in Uh, identifying the areas of expertise that I really wanted to find myself in, and then you know, trial and error along the way to get to 2018 when I decided to go full-time.
1: Nice. So when you initially started out the business, what was your goal? Was it to go full-time or was it just um, to have as a side hustle?
0: When I initially started the business, that's a great question, I really wanted to have, create extra income because I had always known working part-time jobs. And so I started the business more so to replace the part-time work that I was doing. Even though I enjoyed being an adjunct teacher, it wasn't necessarily a subject matter that I enjoyed right. teaching. Because it was a subject matter for which that was connected to the professional work that I did. So it really helped me to, you know, really hone in on income that I could create that will replace at least having a part-time job. But as I got the coaching, as I began to learn the type of money that people were able to make uh, in what I call the knowledge-based uh, marketplace, online marketplace, then I really began to tell myself that Markeith, you can create a full-time income, replace your income that you're making on your job
1: doing this. Uh, this brings i with- something that you just mentioned, a lot of people know a part-time job, right? Or need a part-time job in order to just survive. Mm -hmm. I like how you thought about your online business as a vehicle to replace that part-time job while pursuing something that you're passionate about. Talk about that as a exit strategy for someone who's thinking about, who has a part-time job, thinking about an online business, but talk about it on how you can structure that process of creating a business to replace that traditional part-time job?
0: Yeah, you know, many of the people that I was following and being coached by, many of them started with full-time jobs. And here's what many of us have to start to understand. It's interesting because they were having a conversation. There was a live that I was listening to that was having a conversation about small businesses being entrepreneurs. And I think that for some reason or another, we confuse this whole idea of entrepreneurship being quote-unquote, always full-time. Like, you could be an entrepreneur and have a great corporate job, but your entrepreneurial mindset, your entrepreneurial behavior creates additional income and income streams in addition to your full-time job. Entrepreneurship is not synonymous with full-time business. You can have one in the boat, one in the same, but you can be an entrepreneur and be an employee at the same time. And so as I was beginning to think about what I wanted to do, I always felt as though it would be great to be able to have a full-time job that I love at the same time, being able to build my consultancy um, business on the side that complements what it is that I do during the day with the, with the expectation or the vision that at some point the business would morph the employee opportunity that I had uh, and and be able to sustain me
1: and my lifestyle
0: in perpetuity.
1: <laughs> Look, man, you hit on a topic there. I think a lot of people think it's one or the other right. uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship. And Personally, I believe you can even be entrepreneurial within your career, within yeah. a job. And I have an experience of doing that in the last role I had, but we can always talk about that next time. But you can create that opportunity within your job, but also create it outside and having both of the best worlds. And, and, and do you think with the right mindset, your job can show up as some level of certainty that gives you a little bit more leeway to explore on something that you're passionate about?
0: Well, I'll tell you what this whole coronavirus experience has taught me. And that is, is that uh, none of us should ever rely on one stream of income, right? And so as I'm thinking about resetting, as I'm thinking about pivoting, I'm I'm thinking about well, what type of business really do I want to truly create? And what do I need to do in order to create that business? Here's what having a job did for me early on that I'm even considering even even now. And that is, is that when you're building your business, sometimes you have a tendency to work with all types of clients, right? You you work with anybody who may have money. Yeah. Well, what a job can do as you're in your inception aspects of your business, one, that job can be quote unquote, a silent investor. But two, that job also can be a reason why you don't have to work with people you don't want to work with. Why? Because you have income coming in that sustains your normal livelihood. Now you can focus on really identifying who your client is, what, how you're going to resolve your client's problem, and then how you're going to deliver that solution. Whereas if you are full-time and you really haven't necessarily planned accordingly financially, a lot of times we find ourselves, because I did, find ourselves working with individuals who aren't necessarily my ideal client, but yet they had money to pay.
1: I think we're all guilty of that. And I, I'll, I'll raise my hand to that too. Uh, because you want the income, but you'll, you'll make the sacrifice. Well, at least it's my own business, right? That's, at least that's the justification that I give. A couple of things you mentioned there, man. The fi- Being financially prepared to go full-time. What was, what did that, I don't know if you want to explore this, but we're already here. So <laughs> what, what 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 did that look like for you when you got laid off? What was your that decision-making process at that time of, should I find another job or should I go after um, this thing I'm passionate about full time? What was your decision-making process there? Not only from professional, but also from the financial and from the practical right. um, sense.
0: Well, when I got laid off, I was really more excited than I was disappointed. (laughs) Why? Because I was even preparing to either quit anyway. But one of my friends, wise friends, he said, you know, before you quit, you know, make sure you at least have, you know, three to six months worth of your expenses saved. And and then also make sure you have a 90-day exit plan. And so I was in the process of creating my 90-day exit plan in the process of making sure that my finances were in place and they just beat me to the punch by laying me off. However, the story really begins at the job layoff because here's what I know for sure, that nobody taught me or nobody talked to me about the potential of being laid off from a job. I had heard about people being laid off, but I never really had the expectation, especially being in healthcare, that I would get laid off. But what I began to really fully understand is that the greatest risk that one can take is really having a job. We don't see it that way, but how is having a job risky? Well, having a job is risky because at any given point, Because you don't own the company, somebody can do exactly what they did to me, knock on your door, ask you to come to the conference room, and let you know that the position that you currently have is being dissolved due to financial struggles that the organization is having. Many of us found out how risky it was due to coronavirus, that the the entire world, the entire country had to shut down. And in order for businesses to conserve money, what did they do? Many of them were either temporarily laid off or laid off in general. I I had a client who uh, she ultimately ended up uh, working at an institution that asked all of the executives and middle middle to senior level executives to take a 30 percent pay cut. It's risky you didn't get to decide that. Somebody else decided that for you. And so really at the end of the day, having a job is putting your livelihood in somebody else's hands. It's less, it's, it's less risky, I think, to have it in my own hands than it is to put it in somebody else's hands to dictate what happens.
1: You know, that's a very um, contrary kind of thinking, right? So I take the right mindset to get, get to that, to get to this. I totally agree with you because that's how I felt. Like, I got, at least I got six months notice that I'll be laid off at a specific date. So I got a chance to plan forward. The thing you mentioned is the 90 day plan. You said you were put in a 90 day plan in place. Talk to us about that because maybe that is something someone looking at this video right now may want to start implementing. As they think about kind of hedging the bets and, and actually entrepreneurship is somewhat doing entrepreneurship part-time is somewhat like hedging the bets. To where that could what, what could happen on your in your professional career right but talk to me about the 90 day plan that you put together so the
0: 90 day exit plan is uh, what is going to be the strategy because I can't say that I'm the best planner a lot of times but what's this exit strategy how much money do I need over the next 90 days in order to make the decision to move then you know what is what's the actual business? how am i how am i going to market the business uh what who are who who is the target individuals that i'm going to call first when i make that shift right what type of money am i going to need in the business outside of taking care of my personal expenses and so your your 90 day exit plan has everything to do with once i make the transition here are the Here's the blueprint of what I'm going to follow to ensure that my livelihood and my lifestyle uh, stays intact. Now, it could also include what am I going to cut? What expenses am I going to cut uh, when I make the transition to, to ensure that my money is conserved over a longer period of time? That 90 day plan really should have all of the details, the step by step details, because I'm a step by step person, of what actions you're going to take up on the transition. Because here's what's important if you end up quitting the job, then unemployment is not an option. Now, because I was able to, because I was laid off, unemployment became an option for me in addition to getting a severance in addition to uh, having the money that I had saved. And so I was pretty good. I was not in a rush to try to find another job. Actually, I didn't go look for another job. I I ended up um, finding ways to be a gig person, right? So I took those skills with the few clients that I had in the coaching business. I took my skills and started reaching out to individuals who maybe struggled with online marketing or who struggled with social media. And I offered them services starting at $1,500 a month to, you know, help them with their digital presence and social media. And many people took advantage of it.
1: Nice. That's another option, right? A lot of times people think it's one route. You know, Mm -hmm. when you you become a full-time entrepreneur, it doesn't have to be one route. I mean, you've discussed right. several times, multiple ways we've made it work, right? I call it my income pie. Um, and there's definitely different parts to the pie. Some parts are larger than others. Now, let's talk about that part where you, you got laid off, you made a decision, hey, I'm going to go give this a go full-time. I wanted to do it. I had a plan. Now, the kind of work you started doing uh, when you first went full-time entrepreneurship, how has that changed now a couple of years in? So
0: you got to know, you have to be clear on what it is that you want, right? Clarity is very important as it pertains to making that transition. And one of the things that I had always had a desire to do was to couple ministry with marketplace opportunities. And so at the time of my job layoff, after the first year I actually decided to pursue uh, my dream of uh, divinity school and getting my master's of divinity. And I was accepted into Vanderbilt and did a year towards that only to kind of realize that, okay, it's, it wasn't all that I thought it would have been. Um, but what it did was it introduced me to opportunities within ministry where I landed an opportunity with my current church where I became the uh, minister of marketing and communications and uh, assistant, uh, uh, ministry assistant to the senior pastor. And I did that for uh, four years because I was clear on, I wanted to uh, really build a relationship between uh, entrepreneurship and, and ministry. And what that allowed me to do was to really begin to cut my learning curve on a lot of the Uh, new things social media had to offer, but it also brought forth income for me to continue to invest in the business. And it gave me the autonomy that I wanted. Because what I was real clear on was that if I did go back to work, that I wanted to make sure that I did something that gave me the autonomy to do the things that I wanted to do business-wise. I did not want to go back to a situation where somebody controlled all of my time each and every day. But I wanted to go into a situation where I had a relationship uh, with a a person or I had communicated effectively what I needed in a position that allowed me to still continue to pursue the things that I wanted. And that's how I ended up uh, in ministry full time working at the church church. And having that conversation with my pastor, how, you know, I was able to have autonomy. I was able to go to different conferences. I was able to uh, do a lot of things that I probably would not have had the opportunity to do working a regular traditional nine to five. And so I was very clear on if I went back to work or take a position that it had to be something that was very flexible, that gave me the autonomy to continue to do uh, build a business, as well as give me the experience that I needed in order to c- learn more about how to grow an online-based business
1: in coaching and consulting and speaking. Man, that clarity is the key because from what from what, the way you describe it, you know the, the the phrase "shiny object syndrome" goes around the online business space. I'm quite sure you've encountered that. But when you have in clarity, it it does something else. But it help you get clear on what kind of other opportunities could allow you to uh, pursue your entrepreneurship journey. And And the
0: timing, you know, the timing was perfect because when I think about what we're experiencing today, because of that conversation that I had with my pastor, because of the opportunity of me uh, becoming uh, the Minister of uh, Marketing and Communications, I was able to be very instrumental in why my church that I go to was prepared and ready for COVID-19 and haven't missed the beat because we had been doing streaming on Facebook and, and uh, all of the various texts, uh, text to give and uh, having an app that I was able to implement in those, in that four year period to where the church uh, was, a, was ready for this, you know, at least two years prior to it happening.
1: Man, did that, so, because you were clearing your skill set, clearing the kind of work you had, you created, basically, you created an entrepreneurship opportunity within a bigger organization, right? Mm-hmm. Now, since we're in this COVID-19 crisis right now, how how would you advise someone who thought about entrepreneurship, who mm-hmm. may have been dabbling, how would you advise them to proceed and kind of hedge their bets against this happening again?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I've learned quite a few lessons the first lesson that I shared with you earlier was that never rely on one source or one stream of income because what happens when that one stream is taken, you don't have any other streams coming in. And so as you think about your business, you want to think about what are the multiple ways or what are the multiple streams that I can create income as it pertains to my business. So what am I saying that, you know, I may have this coaching business, but in addition to the coaching, what other ancillary or what other things can be added into the coaching that can still bring in opportunities? So I might have a membership program. I may uh, also have an online course that people can buy on demand. I I may have one-on-one coaching clients that are premium based. I may have a group coaching situation. And then I also may take speaking gigs, right? And then on the other side of that, things that are away from the business, if especially if you're very profitable in your business, now can you take some of those profits and invest in real estate? You know, my whole goal, my whole vision was to build a, a personal brand, online-based business that produced enough income that I could take that income and then invest it in other opportunities that would create additional streams of income for me. I wasn't necessarily building a quote-unquote business to sell because I I was quote-unquote the brand and the business, but I wanted to build a brand and business that was very profitable that would then allow me to take that money and invest my profits into other opportunities that I have interest in like real estate or like the stock market, like uh, maybe investing or being an angel investor in other companies that would ultimately produce a profit.
1: That bigger vision, that that keeps coming back to the clarity and having the bigger vision. Now, you mentioned creating a personal brand. Personal branding is important, um, regardless if you're an entrepreneur or not. Mm-hmm. Now, we're speaking to people who are ambitious. They want to pursue entrepreneurship. What, what were the basic, are the basic steps you'd recommend? I know that's what your main business is about, mm-hmm. branding and helping people get themselves out there. What are the three to five things you'd recommend that someone can start doing today that would allow them to create a personal brand that can they can leverage later on into mm-hmm. um, full-time entrepreneurship? Yeah,
0: there are three three questions that I always uh, share with individuals that I think will really help you to not only kind of unearth your purpose and the passions that you have, but also start you along this journey of what I call uh, personal branding. The question number one is, is uh, what comes easy to you but hard to other people? What comes easy to you but hard for other people? So I shared at the beginning that, you know, I have a natural inclination inclination of being able to have the gift of gab. That you give me a topic, I can pretty much give you a five or ten minute speech on that topic. Whether or not I know a whole bunch about it or not, I can make you think that I know a lot. Because I just love the the power of being able to connect with words. So question number one is, what comes easy to you? hard for other people. Question number two is, what would you do right now if you knew you could not fail? What would you do right now if you knew you could not fail? And if what you're doing for work isn't that thing, ask yourself, why are you not doing it? Right? And then question uh, number three, after you ask yourself, You know, what comes easy to me but hard for other people? What would I do right now if I knew I could not fail? The third question is, is to ask yourself, what do you love doing so much that you would still do it even if you didn't get paid to do it? Because that is that area of passion that you have. That's that area of love that you have, that even not getting paid to do it, you still would do it. I can't tell you the number of speaking engagements and opportunities I've taken just because I love teaching, love speaking and love empowering that much that I did it anyway. Knowing that there was a way to get paid doing it. And so when we talk about personal brand, I believe that building your personal brand is the one thing that never goes out of style. Because when you build your personal brand and you begin to build a community around your expertise, and you begin to build the know, like, and trust. No matter what type of business you move to, people will follow. You're a speaker, you know, for a season, and you've built that personal brand as a speaker, but now you want to get into uh, coaching, and so you develop coaching programs. Well, people knew you as a speaker, not as a coach, but because you built that no like, and trust, with them, they'll move from coming to hear you speak to coming to learn from you in a coaching program. Or maybe you, you create a some type of brick and mortar business. Well, I guarantee you there's a percentage of those people, if they're in your particular area, that will come and support your brick and mortar because of the brand that you built before them, because of the brand that you built to help them to know,
1: like, and trust you. you the way you lay it out is simple. We, we've been around the space, we get it. And I think it takes a lot of courage just to get out of your own way to actually answer those questions and be honest with yourself. What's the easiest way you can now show up, start showing up in the world after knowing those things about yourself?
0: Take action. It's It's really that simple. Take action move forward. Based on what you know, what's the next best step? Don't don't wait. Don't try to be perfect. Learn from your mistakes, but just simply take action. I was, quote unquote, the perfectionist. I was the one who wanted to be just right before I take the move. And I probably lost a whole lot of time by doing that. And so once you kind of answer those questions, now just take action. Who, who who are the individuals you can meet, that you can talk to, that you can follow, that you can model, right? I have a few individuals that I just model the business after. Have I arrived? Not arrived? Probably will never arrive. But I've, I've manifested that first step of being full-time. And now as we're experiencing corona, now I'm reevaluating some things with my with my own finances with the direction that I want the business to go and what do I need to do in order to make sure the trajectory of the business goes the way that I want it to go now and once I identify that guess what I have to do take action start moving start doing the things that I know I should be doing what's the next best
1: step that gets me closer to where I'm trying to go What's the next best step for that person who said, I don't know? What's the next best step you'd recommend? The
0: next best step for the person that says, I don't know, is for them to become self-aware. Really hone in on who are you. Really get clear on what do you want. Here's something that I know for sure that we're not taught. What we're typically taught is you find a job, find work, and then create your life. Knowing what I know now, that's really backwards. Really, I should create my life, create the vision for my life, and then find the work that helps me to achieve the vision. That really what's most important is that I live my life in a way that's fulfilled and that is purposeful and then identifying what work will help me to accomplish that. But we're taught the alternative. And what we end up doing is we try to fit our life into our work versus fitting our work into our life. And so self-awareness really, really, really helps us to really shift that perspective and start to think about the life that we want, start to think about the lifestyle that we want, start to think about the health that we want, the family unit that we want, and then identify what type of work will help me to achieve that.
1: Man, on that note, we're going to end it here. <laughs> that's it, man. That, But that's actually, you're right. It's how we, we've taught it backwards, right? We find a job and then try to find a time for our lives. Mm-hmm. And you can design your life. That's, that's one of the things I've learned from entrepreneurship, and being an online business and being becoming self-aware and growing is you have the power to design your life. Mm-hmm. And it's scary because you usually we do design our lives around work. Right. Right? Right. Marquis, this is good. Let me ask you this. We're gonna wrap it up on this. What's your secret sauce? What is the thing when a client comes to you? What is that secret sauce that you give you give to them to make their dreams a reality?
0: Secret sauce. Let me tell you. It's not only my secret sauce, I believe it's everybody's secret sauce, which is why I love to talk about and help people to develop their personal brand. The secret sauce is you, it's me. There'll never be another Marquise Brayton. Nobody can do Marquise Brayton better than Marquise Brayton. There'll never be another you. Nobody can do you like you. Now, here's the question. Will you take the reins and be intentional about you being the best you you possibly can be or will you allow somebody else to dictate to you how you should be? The secret sauce, I believe, to everybody's success is for you to be the best that you possibly can be. For you to show up and shine like the way that you're supposed to show up and shine. Don't dim your light to make other people comfortable. Shine as bright as possible so that those who need what you have to offer are attracted to the light that you have. So the secret sauce at the end of the day is simply me being me.
1: Dude, I wish we had another hour. Maybe we have to do this again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely let's do it again. You know, I love it.
1: Oh yeah, we definitely need to do it again. One thing I want to mention. So me and Marky connected online because we live in the same town. We live in Nashville, but we connected online and we've made it for a period of time. We were pretty intentional about connecting at least once uh, a month offline. And one of the things I would always recommend to people when you come, uh, when you're looking to build a business, is Mm. build relationships, network and connect with people. Um, Mm. And and it it has so much power in it. So I, I appreciate you being here. Where could we find you online? Mention your author awesome podcast too, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can find me online at my name, markeithbraden.com. That's M A R K E I T H Braden, B R A D E N.com. On all social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter is just at Markeith Braden. I was, uh, Favorable to be able to get my name across all the platforms. And if you would love to just be a part of what's going on with the business, you can text brand me, brand me to 77222, 77222, and that will allow you to get weekly emails from me all around how do I build uh, my personal brand, how do I really maximize my potential and create an online-based business around what I love and am passionate about.
1: Man, I'm absolutely excited you're here. Thanks for being here. You can find <laughs> me over at ColinYearwood.com. Thanks for being part of the second session of the From Employed Entrepreneur Success Series. Tomorrow we have Ron Gilak. Mm-hmm. Name slip me for a second. Tomorrow we have Ron Gilak. Uh, he's a coach, he does sales coaching. He has a great history of how he grew his business online from, from a chocolate here to um, create an online business. So thanks for joining me on this session. Good seeing you. Take care. All
0: right. Thanks, Colin.